you're listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 181, where we will be discussing chapter 11 of City of Lost Souls, Ascribe All Sin. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. What? <laughs> I don't know why I have to try and say the chapter title sexy. <laughs> I don't know why I try to do like the sexy radio voice, but it it's just automatic. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that's what you were going for. I don't. So. <laughs> Same. I don't. I don't know that it was intentional, but I feel a certain way after it came out of my mouth. I was like, mm. <laughs> that maybe felt a little inappropriate. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> We work with a woman that has the most beautiful voice, especially on the mm. telephone. Like, I don't know what it, what happens when she's on the phone. It's just, it melts your, I was going to say it melts your mouth. So there you go. <laughs> she's awesome. Melting your mouth. Not um, listen. Quickly. I had a golf tournament this weekend at work. And I took some mm-hmm. pictures on my phone and I was like, my hair is really cute. The shirt I ordered is really, really cute. Like, I'm hanging out with my Biffle, Amanda. What a good freaking day. Awesome. And then I was like, Amanda, send me the glamorous photos you took on your phone. And then um, it ruined my life (laughs) to have side action shots of me. And I was just like, you know, my self-esteem was really high. I just should not have. Just don't ask for the pictures. Yeah. I'm offended. Exactly. Offended. Yeah, I was feeling it, and then I saw myself. Yeah, I get it. I I yeah. had a little, I had like kind of, almost like the backhanded version of that. I was going through pictures at my grandma's, and I saw pic- like old pictures of me from like middle school and like early high school and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm just looking at myself, going, "I'm so fat now." And I was, I thought I was so fat. I'm like, damn, that's I was, what I was skinny. Say. I was like, that's not yep. even like, that's not even like, my arms are thin. What? My arms haven't been thin in, I don't know how long. <laughs> right? Oh, and then amazing. I, and, and then incidentally, I felt worse about myself now. <laughs> yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. But of course. better okay. about my younger self? I don't know. Okay. Right. Like, heal your inner child, but it doesn't matter. But also resentful, because if I would have known that I looked that good, then maybe my attitude would have been different, (laughs) and my life would have turned out differently. But I'm happy with my life, so I guess that's okay. Uh Yeah. And I mean, for me, I'm trying to tell myself, to be fair, this is an action shot of me swinging a golf club. Right. Bent over, (laughs) side profile, like, literally the most unglamorous pose you can be doing yeah yes but my well and it was the first time she ever swung a golf club so it's like she didn't know what she was doing anyway Mm -hmm. so it already you know felt awkward on her body i'm sure i'm assuming yeah because it did when i did it it's all in the hips (laughs) yep that's what chubb said i don't know how annoying we were yesterday, but I'm pretty sure me repeating Chubb's quotes was pretty annoying. <laughs> um, it wasn't I even went yesterday. To pick you up in a bar in the freaking golf cart. 
And I literally pulled up and said, hey, Barbie. And then you said, hey, Ken. And then I said, want to go for a ride? And then sure, jump in happened very loudly while people were trying to golf. So probably pretty annoying. That is yeah. so on brand. I really, yeah. I really like it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it started at 7.30 a.m. So I was pretty buzzed by 11 a.m. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Amanda was drunk, and yet I fell. Yes. I twisted my ankle. I landed on my knee. I hyperextended my thigh. I rolled over like a soccer player. Jesus. Amanda is tr- dying of laughter right now. It's silent laughter. She's laughing so hard. Yeah. There it goes. I feel bad. But it was hilarious. I didn't even get to see it happen. I just turned around and she was on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and then for the rest of the day, I was like, she's drunk, but I fell. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like we had a couple story. Like we were a couple. Yes. Like, yeah. Well, Truth. okay. Listen to me. If you and your best friend don't look like a lesbian couple in public, then are you even best friends? The answer Agreed. is no. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Okay, I have a fuck Mary kill for you guys. Yes. So excited. Okay. This is not I I, I would say bad boy edition, but like mm. actual maybe bad boy. <laughs> maybe not always the good Bad kind. boys for life. <laughs> yeah. Fuck Mary Kill. Jordan Kyle. Simon Lewis. Sebastian Morgenstern. This is very easy. It's easy for me, but I don't think you're going <laughs> to. I don't think. I think oh, it might be a little surprising for you. <laughs> I'll go first. Okay, Kristen. Yeah, you've had more time to think about it. Okay. So, uh, fuck Sebastian. Mary Simon. Kill Jordan. <laughs> exactly. Okay. No hesitation. 100%. You know Sebastian is a freak. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's worth the experience. It's there's no there's no rule saying you can't story. kill him after. There's no guys, rule saying you can't murder him when you're done. Sure. You can be a really praying put mantis. In a rock and a hard place. Between a rock and a hard place here. You're in a pickle. This was really designed to torture Amanda. I mean, this goes against everything I stand for in this podcast. (laughs) But I think I'm going to have to agree with you guys. (gasps) Yes! Yes! In history. No, yes, that was specifically designed to cause Amanda pain. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Stress you out. Okay, listen, I miss doing this. And do we have, we might have some new characters. So I'll try to think of something too. Yeah. Same yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we kind of got off the the habit of it, but I, I like it. Good intentions, but... <laughs> Well, yeah. we can't we can't follow through with any like, the fact that we're following through with this podcast is wild. Yes. I mean, seriously. You guys should be so impressed. <laughs> I've never done anything in my life this long. 
I mean, to be fair, the only reason we sometimes have trouble, I mean, we're very busy, obviously, and three people coming together, finding time to get together for an hour is impressive on its own, okay? But it's hard writing a script. If we could just go, like, ad lib, I was going to say mad lib, so there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I think it would be (laughs) less surprising, but homework yeah. and then a podcast we're doing a very good job right <laughs> wait this, if this is all homework if writing our our, our scripts is home, homework then when it's done do we have like a masters in shadow hunters <laughs> uh, uh, you would yes. expect so but um i think, I, I still think i wouldn't pass most of the online quizzes there's a part <laughs> in my section but I wasn't sure if something had happened. So I was trying to Google information about Red Scrolls of Magic. And the mm-hmm. Google machine wasn't telling me what I wanted to know. So I opened our old script and searched a Google a word and read through it. So you, That's amazing. You were using our scripts as a primary resource? <laughs> well. <laughs> that, that is a terrible have... idea. But I also it love is. you. Yes. Um, but I couldn't remember. Because I would have done the same I mean, you thing. can't edit that So shit. I feel like I would. Well, at this I would point, not. whatever we wrote in our scripts before is canon. Because didn't we decide that whatever Absolutely. we decide in the podcast is just our head canon and that's just what we're going with? I it mean, is just yeah. what we're going with, yes. Yeah. Although we're always open for discussion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. we like sure. to change our minds a lot. So it's not, it's canon until we change otherwise. Yes. Mm-hmm. We should try to find a quiz or something sometime towards the end and see if we can answer some tricky trivia questions or something if there's such a thing. Yeah. Yeah, for oh. sure. Sorry, there was some guy in the street yelling. <laughs> I had to go, you know. That's weird. You live on it. a not like quiet road. That's crazy. I think I think there's going to be an event. So they 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 they're, mm. they're like putting out colors oh. and stuff. So. Mhm. But you heard it, and then you came out. Came out. I was like, mm-hmm. boop. Does anyone else have anything else to share? No? I guess let's cut nope. the chit-chat and kick things off with Robin's recap. Previously on Downworld or Dish. Jordan and Maya are hanging out in Jordan's Prater room, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. Where his roommate is out uh, on a mission, and there is an attached bathroom. Maya's all in the fields because she sees an old picture of them when they were a couple. So she decides to throw caution to wind and jump in the shower with her ex. Um, After they're cuddling in bed, when a knock at the door summons them to meet with Prater Scott, uh, turns out he was able to concoct a salve that will save Daddy Luke. Jordan suggests Maya hold on to it since it's for her pack leader, which offends Scott, but his annoyance quickly fades when he takes a hollow call from Raphael. <laughs> yes! <clears throat> Raphael is all kinds of bent out of shape because the Prater hasn't had any success tracking down Maureen, who's gone from shy preteen to raging feral vampire. And saying that just now made me think of it as like, a teaser trailer for like a Ricky Lake show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is what it felt like to me. Or Sarah, Sarah Jessa Raphael with the red glasses. Oh, Love it. Yes. Sally Jessa Raphael. Her. Love. Shoulder pads. 
<laughs> I'm stalling because I lost my place. Mm. Ah, oh, here we go. Peter Scott tries to make Jordan feel bad about the situation because he's clearly losing focus on Simon, but Jordan's not falling for it. Raphael is salty as ever and warns the Praetor to do their jobs or he's going to dispatch the vampires that he has under his command to track down Maureen and take her out. Mm -hmm. Back at Magnus's apartment, Jocelyn is reeling from the news of Clary's decision to run away with Jace. She's totally T.O.'d at Simon for being so irresponsible and letting her run off. And she's generally like just raging around. It's a general rage moment. <laughs> Izzy and Magnus give her the what for and ca causes her to shut up and ship out leaving the apartment to go sit vigil by Luke's bed sick bedside. Clace, on the other hand, are out spending what you could consider a normal day vacationing in Venice, sightseeing and eating delicious food. After dinner, they encounter a mermaid on their walk, and Jace notices the fairy ring, which Clary pawns off as Izzy's given to her from Meliorn. They talk about the physics and restrictions on the traveling townhouse. No, it can't go to Alicante, but Jace can take her anywhere else in the world. Clary is still sussed out about Jace being weird, but that doesn't stop her from jumping into a boat that he decides to steal. They're drifting as the sky is darkening and Jace shows her the wild hunt riding across the sky. It's all very romantic. And of course, the pair of them end up getting handsy because even though her mind is telling her no, <laughs> her body, her body is telling her yes. <laughs> I don't think you could have done that any better. No, that's beautiful. Thank you. I almost forgot to sing it. <clears throat> Their romance ends when the boat owner shows up to yell at them and they make a break for it. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> well, get in, losers. We're going to summon a demon. <laughs> <laughs> Not the first time I've said that. Um <laughs> Simon's point of view. Okay, hold on. I have a quick sidebar, and I'm really, really sorry. I've been sending you guys obsessively um, these TikToks about people going out and doing fall photo shoots with their friends. Oh, I haven't. Okay. I have 42 unread messages from you. So yeah, I have a lot. They have this ghost one where you basically just put a sheet over yourself, and then you wear sunglasses over the top. I'm yes. exactly Amazing. exactly and I'm like we must do this for fall like and then yes. like where you get like a plastic pumpkin and put it over your head like I'm so into this it's so not even funny and I really really want you guys to do this with me and I think we should do it for the podcast as an well that yeah. will be our excuse confirm you have the best backyard for that yes definitely yes uh-huh and you have a nice camera well, and I have a friend who's a photographer that would probably come and do pictures for us. Ooh. Even better. Yeah. Uh-huh. I sent sense. I don't know that. A remix. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> Sorry. I had to say it. Um <laughs> There's like $60 get what you get Halloween tattoos yeah. that I sent to you too. Mm -hmm. So we'll just make a day out of it. A weekend. Yes. She was, make a weekend. She went to show it to me yesterday. 
but it was from the chat she sent you and I just grabbed her phone and accidentally liked it. So that's why she liked her own message to you. Okay. Yes. Okay. But it should be noted that it's not unusual to for Robin to like her own message. Yeah. Amanda laughs at her own jokes before anyone else can laugh. Yeah. So... It's all on brand. It's fine. <laughs> oh my god, I'm crying. I love us so much. Yes. I have, I I'm going to gonna jump in deep to these TikToks. Thank you, Kristen. Yeah, me too. I, I had to text another adult human that I really, really like. But I wrote... It, it's a very simple question. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we normally do this today. Are we still doing this today? And I wrote out seven different text messages because all of them sounded weird and awkward. And um, I was just like, I I wish I could just be like, hey, you, what's up, dog? Like I could with you guys. So I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm a weird person. Mm -hmm. And I feel (sighs) comfortable with y'all. So thank goodness. Okay. Okay, so back to it. So we're in Simon's POV back at Magnus's apartment where the warlock is currently in the process of making a long distance call to Hal um, with the help of his friendly <laughs> shadow hunter. <laughs> with, <laughs> <Stop>. with the. <laughs> is it evening and weekends though? Is he getting like. <laughs> It's nights evening. and weekends. He's getting nights and weekends. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a this kid, is, my aunt lived on. long distance call wise. <laughs> like I think she lived at like the coast or something at the time. Right. Maybe it was in Tennessee. It doesn't fucking matter. My mom would call her collect because we didn't have long distance and my aunt did. So my mom would call her collect or call her and hang up really quickly. And then she and my call aunt back. would know to call her back. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Bob had a baby eats a boy. Yep. But exactly. She wouldn't actually call her collect. She would just say, hey, it's it's me. Call me back. But she would use like a TV character's name. Because it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. So he's making the long Thank distance you. call to help, to help with the help uh, of his friendly shadow hunter boyfriend, his sister, and her vampire ex-boyfriend. Which consequently, vampire ex-boyfriend is an <laughs> excellent name for a band. <laughs> Yes. Yes. So they had to turn out all the lights, but it wasn't just for the vibes. Like the electricity apparently messes with the magic. And I'm like, "Mm, yeah, sure. I might believe that if Magnus weren't the most dramatic person on the planet. (laughs) And this has also never come up before. So. Yeah. It's all just for (laughs) ambiance. Yeah. Like he's, he's totally doing it for the aesthetic. I yes. love it. <laughs> so, anywho, it's dark. There's lots of candles, carved pentagram on the floor. Magnus is chanting in Latin. We've all seen Charmed. We get it. Bibbidi bobbidi boo. Um, in a flash of flame, you've got your demon. But it's Eris? JK, wrong fandom. <laughs> if you know, you know. Nerd. The Akatar girlies. Um, it's just some ginger dude. Uh, and he's got this, like, ethereal agelessness going for him. Like, mm-hmm. he's he doesn't look old, but he doesn't look young. He just looks like Barbie. Like, in I guess he's 10. Yeah. <laughs> We're just right in the middle. Yep. 
Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah, and his eyes are made out of flames or whatever. Like, that's the other weird thing about him. No, but other than that, like, visually, what I saw in my head was the beast from Beauty and the Beast after he turned into a man. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Yeah. I don't know why. Interesting. I, for some reason, imagined him with pointy metal teeth. Like, they were all jagged points. I could get down with, with that. I'm and when he was, ex- when it was explained, that was just what was in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's a thing or not, but that's mainly so, like, when this was coming out, all I was pitching really was the mouth moving. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Okay. I like it. Because that's what I was zoning in on. I like it. All right. So, Azazel... As, is that how we're saying his name? How are we saying his name? Azazel? Yeah, Azazel. Azazel. Azazel? Yeah. So he's, he's an as man. <laughs> <laughs> so Azazel is right away like, which one of you fuckers dragged me out of bed for this shit? Like, who the fuck summoned me? <laughs> I'm telling you, that's what they're doing. He was just watching TV eating his popcorn. So true. Yep. And when Magnus introduces himself, the ginger's like, ah, yeah, I know you. You're, like, kind of a badass. Heard about your beef with Marbus. Good work, kid. How's your dad? (laughs) 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 It's weird. It's weird. And Magnus quickly tries to divert the conversation away before Azazel, like, could give away any details about his demon parentage. And was successful in at least avoiding the name drop. Like, he's like, but, mm-hmm. like, if you need help, you should probably ask your daddy. <laughs> like, yeah, he's right? kind of, he's, like, implying he's, like, he's kind of a big deal, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty fair question on his part. I feel like yes. Magnus is the, the guy who changes his last name but still works for his family's company. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't want anyone to know that he's a Nepo baby. <laughs> I love that. He's like, oh, how'd you get it's High Warlock? Listen, baby. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you just made me associate, think about Elon Musk and Magnus in the same moment in Ew. my brain. And I don't like that. Uh. So. Ew. Uh. <laughs> Gross. Um, okay, where are we? Oh, okay, so this is one of those, like, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey scenarios where, like, since we got the prequel, it's sort of, like, the original, since we got the prequel with the Red Scrolls of Magic, the original, like, quote-unquote future is kind of off, right? Because we got this first, like, we got the future written first. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and so there's a little bit of like it's also very ambiguous in this text. So you kind of don't really know what's happening. There there's an assumption because we're in Simon's point of view that Alec oh, knows yeah. more about what's going on, but like it also seems like he's like but Alec doesn't seem like he's happy about it. Well, of course. Okay, that would make sense uh-huh. cuz Magnus's parent is a demon regardless. So if he knows anything about it, right. you know. But, I don't know, it felt, again, it makes 
the storyline here with Magnus and Alec make no sense with the storyline from Red Scrolls, right? Like, uh huh. Mm-hmm. It's just well, that's what I had to Google. I was like, does because I know we meet Asmodium, mm-hmm. <laughs> Asmodium eighty. <laughs> uh huh. Um, but I was like, doesn't Alec find out in Red Scrolls? And he doesn't. No, he doesn't. I had to double check that. Yeah. Um, because Tessa's like, you should tell him about who he is because they were trapped in the bubble with Shinyan and Alec and them were outside of the bubble so they couldn't mm-hmm. see anything or hear anything if that's what our script told me anyway um, <laughs> was like you should tell him the truth because whatever but it does take away some of the kind of like plot point out or the mystery mystery out of it right knowing you know yeah, like what you're saying with Red Scrolls, it takes away the, what is it, like, we know nobody's in, like, mortal danger. Like, it takes that Mm -hmm. sort of... The the stakes are, like, you don't have the high stakes anymore. There's no stakes, because you you. know what's going to happen, so you know they survive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, it's like the questioning and who is this guy or whatever, like, we know. Mm -hmm. The reader knows. Yeah. So... Yeah. I don't know. I Yeah, it's I think it's just like the emotional growth that happened in Red Scrolls. It just that vibe mm-hmm. doesn't mesh with this. And it's just one of those things that like obviously it's not going to because it can't be perfect because in order for Red Scrolls to be what Red Scrolls was, it had to be a little bit different, right? Like it would be boring if they were in the same place by the end of Red Scrolls, right? right? Like, that would be silly. Uh So there's there's a little bit of, like, you know, you got to have a little grace with it. Um, But this is just one of those scenarios where it just felt weird that neither of them would... I get that they wouldn't say anything, but maybe, I don't know. This feels a little urgent to have a conversation if uh we needed to have a conversation. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Where are we? Oh, yeah. Okay. So... There are more important things to get to, so we'll we'll move on. Like, the reason the gang is summoning a demon in the first place, uh, after <laughs> a minute or two of telepathic communication between Magnus and Azazel, because, like, he basically was like, hey, who summoned me? Magnus is like, bitch, it was me. And he was like, how fucking dare you? Who's your daddy? And then they had this, like, weird silent communication where Magnus is like, bitch, like, we got to talk in private. Up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so after a couple minutes of that, um, in which everyone has just stood around staring at them, staring at each other, like, very Awkward. meme. Uh-huh. Yeah. When he looks at me and I look at him. <laughs> so after all that, Azazel has been caught up. Magnus, like, downloaded him real quick on what's been going on and as he's pretty impressed by Lilith's handiwork um and unfortunately though he confirms he does not have nor can he create a weapon that will kill one while leaving the other alive uh he throws out that maybe a lightning bolt from an angel might work to burn out the bond uh but good luck finding one of those lying around like right. <laughs> kind of hard to come by <laughs> It's not like Zeus Mario Brothers. You can sale. just kind of jump up and grab shit. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So sorry about your luck. Maybe <laughs> call first next time. <laughs> That's what I said. Yes. What do you have? Is it an estate sale, a yard sale, or garage sale? What do you think he'd call it? Because I think well, he's pretentious when enough to dies, say. someone dies, right? Mm-hmm. And you go through I mean, their house. Mm-hmm. You could just be false advertising, though. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, anyway. my gosh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where are we? Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so sorry about your luck. Maybe call next first next time. Uh, There's one thing, because of course there is, but he's not going to give it up so easily. He wants something in return. He's like, I have an idea, but I'm not going to tell you about it yet. Mm -hmm. And after a brief power play, the battle and battle of wills, uh, where Magnus threatens to keep the demon bound to the pentagram on his floor as like an art installation in his apartment. He's like, bitch, I have eclectic taste. Like I can keep you there. Yeah. (laughs) We've already talked about this. Sassy as shit. Um, Uh, Alec chastises Magnus for his suggestion, and as he picks right up on it, accusing him of being jealous, which, like, you can't fool a demon. He's going to read the room. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Magnus is like, no, this is my dad's co-worker. I promise nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) He's like an uncle to me. I've known him since I was a kid. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So before he can really lay into the insecure shadow hunter, Magnus demands to know what Azzy wants in return for whatever information he's withholding. And the stuff that seems harmless on the surface level are always the creepiest, and this story is no exception. Azzy wants a happy memory from each of them. The catch is, once they give it over, it's gone and out of their heads forever. Fuck. Dude, okay, listen. Can Mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna, I have a moment at the end of this chapter. Uh Also, where I was like, I really want to talk about this. But I'm gonna bring it up here. Mm I know we were kind of like, this book is boring. It's weird. Okay. Uh But the little nuggets like this is new Cassie. And I just love it. Yes. I am liking it way more during this reread than I did the first Mm -hmm. time. I agree. Well, And I think that the first time I just really want to know, like I want it to be done and in a happy bow and ended. And now I'm just enjoying the journey. Mm Mm-hmm. That sounded so weird and lame, but um, <laughs> imagine I said that cool. Poetic. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it's just like this little nuance of it. I'm like, I love that. Yeah. I love this part. I love mm-hmm. this character. I love that they have to do that. And it's like, it was, it was good. I'm into it. I feel like there's almost like more creativity. Um. Kind of in the same way that um, Infernal Devices had more creativity, right? Like, I feel the first set of Mortal Instruments was, the backdrop was very much New York City urban, right? And so there was less of, like, the special world building, right? Whereas when we moved over to the Infernal Devices, it was London, it was historical, there was a little bit more that had to be kind of, like, created and woven like 
Jessamine's parasol, for instance, and the the scene in the park when she attacks mm-hmm. the the goblin or whatever and stuff, like uh-huh. it was more create and like the blood turns to rubies and it, it's it was just more like creative and dramatic. It wasn't like you know you're attacked by cultists in a church, which is not not cool. It's just uh-huh. th- there's a little more. <laughs> creativity and I like the little pieces and this is one of those little pieces that I was just like this is like when they talk about a DM putting in a rule where when you have to roll for death saves you have to have like you have to describe a memory that flashes before your eyes as you roll for a death save fuck right like how how much more compelling is it now you know Uh uh-huh that's the kind this is the that kind of thing where it's like ooh yeah. a memory and you have to like pick a an like an honest to god good memory to like give up mm-hmm. forever how sophie's choice like ah i don't yes. like it did you think about what you would pick of course for like a half an hour i barely uh-huh. heard the rest of this chapter come on <laughs> yeah i was trying to think about it well I have a hard time because I'm like, okay, but if I didn't have that memory, how would that change me? Yeah, exactly. Right? Because my first instinct would be, oh, I'll I'll give up one of the few happy memories I have of my dad. Right? <laughs> I'm like, I don't give right. a fuck about that. Right. <laughs> but then I'm yeah. like, wait, wait. But like, if I if I have one, I only have a few. If I have one less, how much does that affect my personality? <laughs> How much worse are my daddy issues going to be? That's true. It's the butterfly effect, man. Right? Who knows how one little memory could affect your entire personality. That one movie from Ashton Kutcher has fucked with my head for the last 12 yeah. years. I always think of like the internal sunshine of the spotless mind, too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Trippy mind movie. I okay. am not super into like mind memory like that kind of mm -mm, those kind of stories they freak me out they freak Uh me out I don't I don't like it the idea of not knowing yourself is like horrifying to me like so in fan fiction you have like tags right so like people can like search for specific tags that they like or avoid triggers or whatever. Like there's lots of tags. Oh, okay. Um, and I'm one of those people. I'm not, I, I don't have a lot of triggers really barely any at all. I, I will read all kinds of filth. Um, some, some I'm, you know, I'm, I read it. I'm like, that's not for me, but it's not, <laughs> I don't uh-huh. like, I don't get like triggered it's, it's by not, something I'm reading. Usually yeah, yeah. like that's mm-hmm. not usually my thing. Uh-huh. But I was reading um, a fic and I got like 85% through and there was like this dramatic moment where she wakes up in the hospital after like there was like a confusing like standoff, all this stuff. She wakes up in the hospital and she's like trying to explain to them that like they they got it all wrong. Like they, they thought they were walking in on something and they didn't, you know, she's she's like, but it's not how, what it looks like. And 
everybody is telling her like, oh, you're just confused. I understand. You know, it's been really trying. And she's basically like they put her in the hospital in like the mental ward. And I had to stop. I was like, I have to stop reading. I can't like when people don't believe the main character and like she's like, I'm not crazy. And they're, they're like, oh, you don't know yourself. Like I was like, whoa. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is the very first time I think I've ever had something that I was like, oh, I got to stop reading this. I can't read this. This is stressing me out too much. Yes. But I was like, oh. There's a movie that had something similar to that that um, Cassie had me watch recently. And it was similar to that where you thought one thing was happening the whole time. And like mm-hmm. it kind of and it was about it, I don't know. That threw me off. Yeah. I was just like, whoa, did not see that coming. I Trippy. Wow. like it. No. I don't like it at all. Um, wow, that was a weird side quest. I apologize, you guys. I'm taking way too long. Quest. Um, <sighs> okay. Oh, yes. So the happy. Oh, yes. Did you guys? No, we were talking about this. Did you guys? I couldn't memory? decide on a memory. Yeah, I couldn't. Oh yeah, I was too. There's I no can't. way I would even share it because. Yeah, I can't even. And I was stressing out, thinking that I was like, I have to figure this out. I have to do it. And then I wasn't listening to the chapter, and I was like, exactly. You don't have to. You're you're not Izzy. <laughs> you're not Izzy. <laughs> this exactly. literally what happened to me. So reluctantly, they all agree to the demon's terms for Jace. They're like, for Jace, for Jace. And Simon's like, right. I guess, but not for Jace. Well, <laughs> for Clary. I guess he did me a favor once. <laughs> yeah. I said, life debt, whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. Blood debt, whatever. Um, so Izzy is first, um, and then Simon. But at the last minute, Simon realizes that he doesn't want to lose that specific memory. It's a memory of him with Clary at, or I'm sorry, with with his sister Rebecca at Coney Island. Um, and he like he's like, because he's like, okay, I got to think of a happy memory, and that memory pops up, and he's like, wait, no, I don't want to lose that memory, and that's right when Magnus comes up and takes it, and he. He like he's like wait, but I wasn't thinking about anything. And Ma- Magnus is like, yeah, you were. And it was just like this moment right. where he he's already forgotten the thing he wanted to remember. Like, oh, it was so good. Like yeah, I love that, I love those that hurt moments. A little bit. Yeah, where you're like, yeah. ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, right in the fucking feels. <laughs> Ouch. So Azazel is literally twitching with anticipation as Magnus launches the memories into the pentagram for the demon to feast on and Simon with his ultra vampire sight catches a glimpse of the memories I'm going to read this part from this little section from the book Uh, it was a bead of light that expanded as it flew expanded into a circle holding multiple images Simon saw a piece of azure ocean the corner of a silk or um, the corner of a satin dress that belled out as the wearer spun a glimpse of Magnus's face, a boy with blue eyes. And then as Azazel opened his and then Azazel opened his arms and the circle of images vanished into his body like a stray piece of trash sucked into the fuselage of a jet plane. 
Okay, so let's go through this. So the Azure Ocean, that's Simon. And then the dress was Izzy. And then a glimpse of Magnus, that had to have been Alex. So Alex. I mean, would he really be getting rid of a memory with Alex already or with Magnus already? It sounds like he did. Well, and got to be genuinely happy, though. So, so maybe he didn't have very many of those. Mm-hmm. And then a boy with blue eyes that has to be Magnus's, and it has to be Will Herondale. Absolutely. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. <sighs> so, with their payments made, as he reveals his grand idea, um, all they got to do is release good old Azazel. From his pesky little pentagram and let him bring Sebastian down to hell. He won't be dead, so Jace won't die, but they'll be separated by another dimension. And eventually their bond will fade and he'll wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. You've got your friend back. The price for kidnapping and imprisoning the closest thing to a child the mother of demons has ever had is simple. His freedom. Just a little tiny price to pay it's just a little little no bit. big deal and magnus isn't having it he's like uh, eh, near. <laughs> nah. but zazel argues that you've got to break a few eggs to make an omelet if you know what i mean <laughs> you see jace said the words and completed lilith's spell he didn't even have to willingly say them he just had to say the words and bada bing done Bound, bond bound. That's what I was going to say. Um, <clears throat> so this is what Azazel says in reply um, when they're like, you're crazy. He says, you're asking me to sever a bond only he- heaven can sever, but heaven will not help you. You will, you know that as well as I. That is why men summon demons and not angels, is it not? This is the price you pay for my intervention. If you do not want to pay it, you must learn to accept what you've lost. Ooh, interesting. So, I <sighs> I feel like that's interesting because it's true. Like, obviously, they're way more fearful to summon an angel than a demon. But they're uh-huh. still, like, they're still using demons like this isn't like and this isn't just a warlock thing like the clave hires warlocks to do shit like this if they need to right interesting all i can think to say is that they should go knock knock knocking on heaven's door (laughs) so i'm sorry it had to come out (laughs) oh okay so Magnus tells Azzy that they'll discuss it among themselves and banishes him back to hell with a wave of his hand, which is, like, very sexy, by the way. Yes. Um, Alec is the first to ask the, ask the question that they're all thinking. Like, is, he, is it even possible? Like, could, could they even release him? Like, can you do that? Because he's kind of right. tied to hell. Like, he's kind of important. <laughs> he's a little bit of a mascot. <laughs> 
fact this is like possible, sure. A good idea? Absolutely not. <laughs> Releasing any <laughs> demon, let alone a greater demon. No, no, no. A prince of fucking hell. Yet yeah, that's definitely like get your head chopped off against the law. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. That's not gonna. That's work. a technical foul. He's just gonna walk around making deals with people and taking everybody's happy memories. Yeah. Well, and and is he? Is, and then he's just gonna feed me, Seymour. <laughs> yeah. Izzy is like not ready to give up on this idea yet. She's like, eh, eh, this could work. Like for Jace, would we do it though? <laughs> like, how many people? How many people would we let die for Jace? Like, right. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they're di- they're shadow hunters. So couldn't they just let him lose, let him go get Sebastian, take him down, and then just like, I don't know how that works, but recapture. He'd the have Prince to fulfill his promise. So yeah, yeah they. I mean, they'd have to bind him again in hell, right? And I don't yeah. think they know how to do that. Because obviously, okay. he's like bound to a rock, right? That's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. Magnus was saying. He's like bound to his forge, basically. Mm-hmm. What a bummer. Dude, for real. <laughs> so Izzy tries to argue that Sebastian could very well wreak just as much havoc as a prince of hell. Um, but as Magnus reminds them, they don't even know if Sebi is planning anything yet or even why he took Jason Clary. And now Clary, like, there's too many unknowns. Mm-hmm. We can't we can't just, like, roll the dice in the dark here. So Simon assures everyone Clary is working diligently to discover Sebastian's plans. She is most definitely not shirking her her responsibilities and running off on dates with her possessed boy toy. Like, that's definitely not what's happening. No, she's happening. taking this Never. seriously because she knows everyone's depending on them. Um, I have another little excerpt. I'm sorry. There's a couple in this chapter. So I, I quoted a couple times, too. Don't feel bad. Alec, Magnus said. He put a hand on his boyfriend's shoulder. Alec was standing still, staring angrily at the floor. Are you okay? Alec looked at him. Who are you again? Magnus gave a little gasp. (laughs) He looked for the first time Simon could remember, actually unnerved. It lasted only a moment, but it was there. Alexander, he said. Too soon to joke about the happy memory thing, I take it? Alec said. Alec is sassy, bitch. I'm mad at you right now. You have no, you have no right to be this sassy right now. I'm mad. (laughs) Before Magnus has a chance to lay into Alec, Jordan and Maya, who, by the way, is wearing Jordan's jacket, burst in like the Kool-Aid man to announce that while Luke is still, still hasn't woken up, like, it looks like he's out of the woods now. And she's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> right. Why did I not get invited like to the slumber in party? Here. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Literally, it smells like garbage in here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so we jump back over to Jason Cleary, who, if you remember, as Robin said, they were, you know, no big deal, just stealing a boat for a fun date night activity i'm on a boat Mm -hmm. right (laughs) boats and hoes so they're able to hide from the italian police and so they weren't you know just arrested for stealing and once they finally stop running they kind of like collapse against a building and just start 
laughing uncontrollably, which is um, pretty, pretty normal, I think. Whoa, pushed a button. Sorry. Anyway, I think that's pretty uh, cool. Anyway, whatever. You get what I'm saying. So anyway. It's very sitcom-y. Yes, thank you. Thank you. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Cleary uh -huh. has to remind herself um, that she's like, this is not the real deal, Jace. Mm -hmm. This is just mm -hmm. some dude that's like a shell of Jace. And she's, yeah, sure, she's having fun. But like, don't have too much fun, girl, because he's mm -hmm. not real. That motherfucker right there is not real. <laughs> Sorry, I can never yes. stop. <laughs> so they start heading back to the creepy featureless townhouse. And, okay, so I didn't realize until I read that sentence, by the way, that it was visible to her. I just, I don't know. The outside seems like it would just be invisible. I don't know. But I uh -huh. guess if you can see through glamours. I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing it very Grimwald's place. Thank you. I was just going to say will, the same thing. Is, I don't know what that means. Um, I'm going to Google it. It's 12 uh, Grimwald place. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it kind of just appears in between buildings, yeah. but like you can't. Okay. I was gonna say Muggles, but Mundy's like wouldn't be able to see it or whatever. Yeah. But obviously okay. that answers my question from last week. They cannot just hop back into it, mm -hmm. or at least Jace isn't making that aware. Right. Uh huh. Because Sorry, clearly, or maybe Sebastian's the one that has that power, and Jace doesn't. Maybe. Because they like vanished from. Jocelyn's living room, kitchen, and they whatever. Uh -huh. like, they always leave together, right? Like they're operating uh -huh. almost, but obviously yeah. not because this is not the same thing. Uh huh. And so, <laughs> so like maybe Jace doesn't have that ability, so they walked back to where the townhouse right. like landed. Right, right, that okay, would make sense. that's fair. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, so when Clary sees this place, she's creeped out by it and it makes her shudder. And so Jace asks if she's cold. And then before she can answer, he just decides to like, you know, heat things up a little bit with a kiss. But <laughs> in case you guys didn't know, Jace is like really tall. Okay. Tall? So normally when they kiss, he either has to bend down or why not? He just picks her up because, like, that's He's not weird. He's always sweeping her off her feet. Right. <clears throat> and then this kiss, this kiss. He decides to pick her up this time. Oh, boy. And it just makes me think of a toddler. Like, I pick up my kids and give them a kiss. This is weird. And to be fair, she's probably, like, what, like straddling him. But, like, she probably has her legs wrapped around him mm. in more of, like, a sexual way. I doubt she's, like, put, he's probably not, like, side straddling her. Like, he would with a child. <laughs> On her hip. Yeah. He, with a baby. He, he did the hip. hands underneath the thighs lift up versus <laughs> yeah, the underarms what it was. onto the hip. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I would like to just envision... Jace holding Clary on his hip like, like a dad. Yeah. <laughs> She's got like, her in a baby Bjorn. Yes. <laughs> He's like, this will keep I mean, her safe. <laughs> this will stop her from running out. Uh, to be fair, um, I am way, my husband and I have very opposite body mm -hmm. types. So I, I couldn't imagine him picking me up. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. 
I always All feel of that just seems. I, I've always felt unsteady. Like I've always not like it, it's it's cute for about three seconds, and then I'm like mm-hmm. I feel very out of control. Please put me on solid ground. Yes. Yeah, you're going especially, to injure yourself. Especially if you get like a fireman like over the shoulder. Awesome. Listen, your your shoulder is no, in my you. diaphragm. My organs have moved, been displaced. All right, I can't fucking breathe. <laughs> right. And I'm laughing nervously, so I'm not screaming at you to put me down because I feel like I'm gonna fall on my fucking head. <laughs> Yeah, I will accidentally right. kick you in the face. This has yeah. to stop. Yeah. Yeah. Please stop. <laughs> this is not a rom-com. Okay, so. <laughs> we will go to the hospital. And there will be stitches. Yes. There will be blood. It will not be mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shitters. Okay, so we quickly get the answer of why he picks her up this time because he kind of like picks her up and then swings her through the wall of the townhouse (laughs) what anyway it's like he's playing shot shot put is that what that is (laughs) doing the like like the hammer throw like she's the hammer (laughs) yes yeah like trunchbull Mm -hmm. yeah exactly yes of course Yes. So it sounds like they made it through the front door because Jace has to close the door. But, like, I don't understand. Why would you have to close something that you didn't open? Because he threw her through into the townhouse. Why is there a door? It's just very weird. Anyway, Sebastian is in the living room, which is where they came in. It sounds like this townhouse does not have an entryway. What's the word? Uh Uh-huh, like a foyer. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. I kept wanting to say vestibule. That's not right. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so Sebastian is having a menage a trois with two vampires, girls. And Clary goes in deep uh, detail about one of the girls. She doesn't go in deep, but she goes in <clears throat> detail about one of the girls being a vampire. And then, like, it sounds like this girl could tell. Clary was like overthinking it or something. I don't know. So she runs her fangs down Sebastian's collarbone, like down his neck meat area. And and one of them is a vampire and one is a human. Okay. That's what I couldn't figure out. Yeah. That's so yeah. that's true. Cause at first that's, that's what she, I wrote. Yeah. And then I went back and I was like, they have to both be vampires. Yeah. Okay. Wait, later you. in the, later in the chapter one is. Oh, human. Hey, guess what? You didn't finish the chapter. I didn't finish the chat. Okay, okay. I'm sorry, guys. So <laughs> I didn't think I was going to get caught this time. <laughs> it's been a while since I've done that. <laughs> you got me there. My bad. <laughs> Wait, was so it, anyway, are you sure about that? <laughs> so S- Sebastian, like, okay. So while this girl is doing that, Sebastian looks I don't know like he looks directly at Clary it just it's very creepy he's not like okay bye we need our private time he's just like dead in the eyes like did you have a nice date what the fuck bro anyway then he asks if they'd like to come join their trio and of course 
Sebastian wants Clary to join them. And I'm just like, you're fucking gross, bro. You're gross. You're done. But uh-huh. before they can answer, Sebastian adds that, like, basically what he's asking for is, like, he motions towards the girls. So is he saying, like, do you want to stay for a drink with the vampire, I think is what he's trying to get. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know what he's getting at. But that's what I took from it. Anyway, so he, um, he they, whatever, they didn't quite answer. And one of the girls uh, whispers, right? She whispers to Sebastian and we don't get to hear her question from what I remember and his response is in Italian obviously so we don't know and Jace declines this very kind offer for them to stay in you know (laughs) hey it's very nice of him it's very kind of you sir but I think we'll decline uh we're gonna go upstairs for the night Mm -hmm. and on the way up Cleary asks Jace what Sebastian said to the Italian girl and he tells her that it was, no, she's my sister. But Jace didn't add what the girl had asked before that, like what the answer was to. But I'm like, wasn't she whispering? How would he know? So what was the point of saying that? But I don't know. So I don't know if maybe, I guess we can all just imagine what that could have been. Mm-hmm. Eh. Mm-hmm. So she asks if um, Sebastian <coughs> brings girls back to the apartment often. And Jace is like, eh. He does what he wants. Like, I don't give a shit. But I know what you're hinting at. And no, I haven't brought any girls here. I'm like, you're the one that I want. <laughs> and she's like, basically like, yeah, that wasn't what I was asking. But cool. And I'm just, it's funny that one of you mentioned that Clary is doing research and blah, blah, blah. This is the research she's doing. Do they come here often? You know, like, <laughs> what come did, on. What did you call it last week, Kristen? I will scroll back up to look because it was <laughs> hilarious. It was remember. totes hilarious, if you will. Totes hilarious. <laughs> Recon, was it that? Oh, it? yeah, probably. Yeah. That that yeah. That is a word in my repertoire. <laughs> <laughs> She's not very good at it so far. And no. um, so. She's not. No. She's not. So so they get upstairs and Clary admits that she doesn't want to go back downstairs. Um, so I guess I forgot the layout of this place. Her bedroom's downstairs. I mean, I don't think there? they really super went into. I mean, maybe yeah. they did and I wasn't super. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't, remember, I don't know. Really. So that's what she says. Yeah. So Jace offers up some alternative sleeping spots like his room or the primary bedroom. And she quickly tells him that she wants to stick by his side and be with him and only him. And he is super into it. But first, he has to clean his room so she can't come in yet. And she, like, lovingly jabs him about how that's not possible. Like, your room is so freaking clean, bro. Why would you need to clean it right now? I know you better than that. Mm -hmm. But she needs some sleeping clothes anyway. So she goes to the primary bedroom where all those clothes that were picked out for her mom are at and she selects a silky little nightgown and I have to read this because it's exactly what I was thinking when I read about her saying she needed to go get a nightgown quote the sort of nightgowns men bought because they wanted women in their lives to wear them were not necessarily the kind of thing you might buy for yourself fucking right Mm. And it, but it's just it's it's weird to dig deeper in that because those are meant for your mom. Mm-hmm. I know. 
Also, she could just wear one of his shirts or something instead. I know I'd be more comfortable in something like that. Absolutely. It's weird. A pair of his boxers or something, girl. Yeah. Anyway. Here we go again. And this time I actually think this is worse. Okay? Just wait for it. <laughs> Clary gets back to Jace's room. And he's wearing just pajama bottoms. No shirt. Excuse me. And he's reading a book. And clearly, <laughs> Clary can see, quote. <laughs> muscles under his skin as he turned the pages. Thank you for letting us know so how strong. anatomy works. <laughs> Oh my god. I feel like I sounded like a rubber chicken. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) So, there's that. He's so strong, he can turn pages in a book. This is is like the the back muscles rippling when he drew drew a tiny little rune on a lock. (laughs) Yes. So the main reason that this is mentioned in the book is that she can also see Lilith's mark on him. And so anyway, she climbs into bed and with him, because I guess that's where he was sitting. And um, she realizes how different this setting feels than being out in public, you know, like in a sinking boat making out. <laughs> uh-huh. This is a little more intimate and the possibilities are endless like Olive Garden. Okay. So, mm-hmm. although <laughs> Jace is definitely trying to start some sexy time, Clary tells him she just wants her him to hold her while she sleeps, and that is all. Girl, that's all we ever want. Mm-hmm. Just, that's, that's true. <laughs> and it really wasn't what she wanted, but it was for sure the best decision for them at this moment. Mm-hmm. So, they spooned themselves to sleep like ice cream. Mm-hmm. And then, so I don't know, I had to add that. And now in my I head, I also pictured cream. mint chip ice cream. Why? I don't Delicious. know. Delicious. Rocky Road. <laughs> so then we jump over to Simon at Magnus's again, which I feel like happened in my section last chapter. It's just funny. Um, so he's in the spare bedroom, but he can hear Magnus talking with Maya and Jordan. And eventually Jordan is like, bruh, we need some Chinese food up in this bitch. Like, we're going to be chatting for a while. I'm hungry. <laughs> Dude, and I'm makes, into that. Yeah, me too. Well, and uh, Maya makes a joke about not getting it from, what is it, the jade, jaded garden jade or something wolf. like that. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, jade wolf. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Simon, it makes Simon realize that he's super hungry. Like, bro, when was the last time he even ate? And Izzy comes in at that moment and asks if he's okay. And um, she's like, what's with the duffel bag, bro? Are you leaving? And he's like, yes. I can't, like, I don't live here. I can't stay here forever. This isn't summer camp. (laughs) So he starts to mention the night before that they, you know, when they had slept together and stuff. And she quickly changes the subject about him going home with Jordan. And then she also asks if he noticed like the spice that's happening between Maya and Jordan. Mm. Something definitely happened between them on their trip. She can tell, she can feel it. And although it sounds like she's trying to be like light and airy while talking about this, 
she quickly turns this into an interrogation. <laughs> She's like, are you jealous? Because you know, because you and Maya were together. Like, come on. Are you? Okay, she wasn't that bad, but like. Are you jealous that I've been talking online with hot babes all day? Yeah. Chatting online? <laughs> yeah. It just escalated. It felt like it escalated quickly from her being like, did you see them? To like, doesn't it make you sad and angry? I really, I like in this how you can see like Izzy and her brain thinks that she's being smooth. Oh, for sure. Yes. Like, like she really like, oh, I'll just be like flippant and like whatever mm-hmm. about it. And Simon is just like, she's acting so weird. <laughs> yes. Like you clearly know something is wrong because you're in Simon's point of view. But Izzy probably thinks she is just a smooth operator. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's funny. So um, Simon tells her that, yeah, he noticed them. And he's not jealous at all. He's happy for Jordan. And although it means, what the fuck did I say? Although oh, he, means he, it. he he does mean it. Like, he's honest about that. Like, he is happy for Jordan. I think it's like, and we're supposed to feel good here, whatever. I'm happy that he's moved on and blah, blah, blah. But I hate that the focus is on Jordan. Like, you barely know Jordan. Aren't you happy for Maya that she's happy? And, like, uh-huh. maybe we should check on her because we knew this was an abusive relationship for her before. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'm just a little jaded, but I just feel like yep. that was an interesting little. Out I'm not, it's sisters. not, I'm happy for them. I'm happy for Jordan. Anyway, that's just who Simon is, you know? Mm-hmm. That's just who he is. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so then Izzy gets all vulnerable with Simon, finally. Mm-hmm. She's honest with him. She, like, had to double check that he was cool with Maya and Jordan before asking him to stay the night again with her tonight. Mm-hmm. She decided not to go back to the Institute with Alec to get more clothes because she wanted to stay with Simon. So if he left, it would, like, be a bummer. So she asks him to stay at Magnus's. If, like, if I stay, will you stay, please? And of course he says yes, but he's a little nervous because he is pretty hungry. And he's reminded of obviously when he bit Maureen, but he thinks he can handle himself this time. And I guess we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. He's like, I know my limits. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I know that we're already long, but I wrote a ton and didn't realize it till after I already wrote it. So buckle your seatbelts, okay? Got it. We're we're jumping okay. in. We're jumping in. Click. So we I'm have ready a... to go. I love this. Okay. <laughs> we have a huge transition here. And I know we laugh and joke about how many people wake up in these books, <laughs> but like let's give a little golf clap because this one was juicy. Okay, like this deserves to be recognized. <clears throat> and I know it's cliche to start with a quote, but do it. It needs to happen. Okay. And this is like, um, there's a page break. We're ending. Remember, we're ending with Simon yep. and Izzy. And it starts with Camille smirked up at Alec from her divan. So where does Magnus think you are now? Oh, my God. Ah! I died. Literally deceased. <laughs> I the real life squirmies. I feel the anxiety of Alex's betrayal. 
like fully <laughs> as if I'm the one doing it, as if Magnus is my husband and I'm the one doing it. I the secondhand cringe of guilt and yes. shame is too much. <laughs> I squirmed in my seat. Yeah. It was good. Okay. So apparently Alec is sitting on a makeshift bench. That's a plank of wood and two cinder blocks. And if that isn't on brand for the type of like villain Camille is like, I don't know what else would be. She's got this cool ass, sick ass, probably vintage actual divan. And he's on a plank of wood with cinder blocks. Right. (laughs) And Alec is no Jace when it comes to warring with words. And so he cuts right to the truth of her question. Like, he doesn't have that, like, I don't, the charisma, I guess, to, like, really, like, what am I trying to say? Like, help me here. I'm so dumb. Like, she can't spar with Camille on words and, like, Mm -hmm. back and forth. Right. You know, he's just, he's a cut and dry guy. So he just says that Magnus thinks that he went to go get close from the Institute and Instead of doing that, he had originally planned to go to Spanish Harlem, but decided to come to Camille instead because he can't bring himself to murder Raphael. Mm. Sorry about your luck. Good thing is he decided not to go with him. <laughs> right. Like, I think he knew when he asked her, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> so Camille is irritated and she throws her hands up like she just witnessed a bad call at insert your favorite sporting event here. <laughs> okay. Mine is football. Okay. Mm-hmm. Whatever you like to watch, there was a bad call. She's pissed. And Camille, who I think we can all agree, toes the line on chaotic evil, asks if Alec has a personal bond with Raphael that's stopping him from offing the vampire. Like, she's like, I don't know why you won't just do this. Like, do you have a bond with him or something? Just murder the motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I don't understand what the problem is. Not here. a big deal. Hello. Right. NBD. And Alec is like, no, I don't even really like know the dude, but MDKing him in cold blood is clearly violating covenant law and like 50 school rules. <laughs> Not that Alec has always been a legal beagle, but this would definitely not fall under the like his sense of chaotic good, if you will, which is he'll break the rule for the right reason. Like that's his umbrella. In fact, killing him for this reason would be pretty selfish. And Camille gets even more like ticked off. She stands up. She starts pacing. And she's telling Alec to spare her from his Nephilim. Like, spare me from Nephilim with consciences. <laughs> Which I love that. You're kind <laughs> and they're morals. You're morals. <laughs> Alec apologizes. But I think it's more to fill the awkward space than, like, a a genuine apology. And Camille turns straight to boomer parenting. Basically, like, I'll give you something to cry about. Like, (laughs) responding back to his sorry. Yeah, I'll make you sorry if you don't do what I want you to do. And, like, she's mid-sentence and she puts the brakes on. She realizes that she's going to need a little more tact than that. Mm-hmm. She's got to reel it back in. Change up, change up our, our, our uh... tactic. That was the word. Sorry. Yes. It's okay. They're not firing in my brain either. I thought you so... froze for a second. <laughs> like, 
like her internet wasn't working. Yeah. No, just my brain. My two brain cells were rubbing together and there was a little bit of smoke I had to put out a fire. (laughs) So her boomer parenting isn't going to work. So she switches to um, manipulate, like she wants to manipulate Alex's emotional vulnerability, which is still a dick move, just much more underhanded and sneaky. She can't be so blatant with right. it. So Camille reminds Alec to Alexander even. Excuse me, she says Alexander. Of course. To, like it reminds him to think about Magnus because if he continues as he is, um, like like Alec is gonna lose Magnus. You're gonna lose him if you continue mm-hmm. on the path that you're going down. Mm. And Alec's inner monologue is clearly describing her as a predator. He's like, she's pacing, she's like a cat, she's feline, whatever. Um, But his fight or flight instinct isn't kicking in. It's not working. And he is so curious, he decides to ignore her question and jump straight into asking where Magnus was born. (laughs) Like, speaking of nothing, where was Magnus born? Why are you doing his birth chart? What's happening? (laughs) Camille laughs and she's like, oh my God, you like don't even know that. (laughs) So embarrassing for you. (laughs) And she explains that Magnus was born in present day Indonesia, which at the time was called the Dutch East Indies. His mother was a native and his non-bio father was, I think she says, like a boring colonial. Mm-hmm. That's how she describes <laughs> Which him. I love the shade. I appreciate it. Always. Yes. yes. Please it's always true. shade colonialism. Yes. Yes, please. Well, and then she's like, well, I guess not his real father. <laughs> and Alec uses the note about the father to ask, like, who his real daddy is. Because he's just like, oh, yeah, speaking of dads. Like, who's Magnus's dad? And, like, she just says a, a demon. Like, you know, he, he clearly, he's a warlock, dumbass, is kind of right. her response. With, obviously, her Camille tact. But Alex, Alec wants names. Mm. Name names. Because he's he's getting the feeling, he's got an inkling that his dad is a pretty powerful, high-ranking demon. Like, he's a pretty big deal. He's Regina George of demons. <laughs> but Magnus won't talk about him. And Camille tells Alec, she's like, look, of course Magnus doesn't want to talk about him. He wants to preserve some air of mystery in your guys' relationship. <laughs> and then she, like, turns very Victorian. And she <laughs> is basically, like, her metaphor is, like, an unread book is more interesting than a book you've already read before. But she's like, okay. one would think that books for one were one. Like, when you mm-hmm. start saying one. It gets two. And it's, yes. it's very like, oh, yeah, this bitch is old. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, as a reminder, PSA, she is ancient. Not old in the is she old. She's also pretentious. Yes, <laughs> clearly. Definitely. You know, I get the vibe from Camille in this scene, and I know it's not the case because obviously Alec is gay and he's not interested. But the dynamic here is feels very like 
older female, like, trying to seduce the younger mm-hmm. male, like, almost, like, teacher-student situation. Obviously, that's uh-huh. not the case, but I feel like that's Camille's go-to tactic, is to use sex as okay. a weapon yes. and, you know, a means of manipulation. And I think that's one of the reasons she's having such a hard time with Alec, is that he's, one, not playing her game, and two, mm-hmm. he's impervious to her <laughs> her tactics. She's like, fuck. Right. Yeah. What do you mean you don't want to fuck me? Even Magnus wants to fuck me. Like, right. Come on. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm over here like Magnus wants to fuck everybody. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is fair. Uh, it's he's uh, her three doors down. Kryptonite. Yes. Yes. That was a weird. That was a stretch <laughs> of a. My brain just went there. <clears throat> I'm finding where I am. Sorry, dead air. Okay. Alec is excited. Okay. He's jumping on these nuggets and information. Like, <laughs> Camille is leaving a breadcrumb trail and he is fucking eating it up. Okay. And so he asks Camille if she thinks that Alec tells Magnus too much. Do you think I tell him too much mm. in our relationship? And he's asking. Because he sees Camille as this beautiful woman who shared love and was loved by Magnus. Like, they, they loved each other. And so she's got to know the secrets to kickstart his heart. And he needs to know all the deeds. And Camille makes a jab about Alec being so young that she's not sure, like, he and Magnus had, like, you're so young, you haven't lived. I don't know, like, if you and Magnus would even have much to talk about anyway. Like, you're boring, basically. <laughs> and Alec gets defensive immediately and he's like, well, maybe, uh, but like you saying stuff or, or not saying stuff didn't end so well with your relationship either because you're like not together. Ooh, burn. <laughs> and Camille waves off his faux taunt by saying, she's like, I wasn't interested in keeping Magnus anyway. Like, I don't, you can have my leftovers. Mm. I'll send you home with the doggy bag very much. Awesome. (sighs) Okay. This next part is so cringy to me. It's weird to see Alec in this situation. And like, I've tried really hard um, to block out all of my cringy, crazy ex-girlfriend antics of the past. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm screaming, like, why would you do this? You're so dumb. Why are you entertaining this conversation? Why are you having this conversation? You're an idiot. But then there's a part of me that's like, well, listen, you <laughs> were 19 and crazy. Mm-hmm. And this might be something that you would have done in an insecure relationship, which was literally all of them, except the relationship I have with my husband, because I am mentally ill. My hand is raised. Same Z's. In general. (laughs) PSA. PSA. Moving forward with the story. Alec, like, he just lays all his cards out on the table by saying, quote, if you, like, (laughs) I'm going to do my um, Robin interpretation of him saying this. This is not how the narrator did it, but this is, it's, I feel like it's very awkward. So he's like, uh, if you like 
had been interested in keeping him, what would you have done differently? What are, hmm. and, and that is a direct quote from the book, except for the word like. I did. I added like. Right. <laughs> to soften it. Uh-huh. Right. And let's not forget. Do you want to say, sorry, did I cut you off? Amanda? No. No. Okay. I was just thinking was... about him saying that. Sorry. It was going oh, in okay. deep. I thought you had something. So let's not forget that Camille is only interested in what benefits her. She only cares about what's best for herself. So she turns around and gives Alec awful relationship advice. She is sabotaging. She's like a beastie boy. She's sabotaging this motherfucker. Sabotage. Listen, all of y'all, this is sabotage. Okay. So she tells Alec that people in love hide the truth from their lovers because they want to present their best selves to their partner. And besides all that, (laughs) if it's actually true love, then, like, they should be able to understand their partner without needing to, like, ask or, or communicate through spoken like, it should just be unspoken. They should be able to silent brother it or something. They shouldn't have to communicate. They should just understand each other. Totally. And Helic is naive and vulnerable. So he tries to talk out his feelings with Camille, saying that he thought Magnus would want him to open up because he, like, he admits to her that he has a hard time being open with anyone, like, even Jason Izzy. Which I don't, like, you have a hard time being open to people, but you really are, like, cutting your heart out for Camille right now. Yes. You were giving her so much ammunition. You were feeding it to her on a silver platter. Yeah. And yes. Alec warned you that this bitch is manipulative. Yep. Like, he is so yep. puppy-loved, starstruck. He feels like he can't go to his mom about this it. This is, like, literally what we've been talking about when we talk about the teenage you know, peasant girl with the 10,000-year-old fae prince, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever yes. that looks like. This is exactly what we're talking about, and but, like, this is just, it, you know, it's just flipped. But I like that this is a complication in their story, is that Alec is so much more immature. Uh-huh. Yes. Absolutely. And he needs an anti-Manda or an anti-Christian mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. he can go talk to. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't. Ha- he doesn't have anybody. He doesn't have support. As well, mm-hmm. and Izzy's very. F- at at this point, she's very flippant about her relationships anyway. Mm-hmm. So, like, who is he going to turn to to ask about this relationship advice? Right. right. And he's also the oldest, right? Like, there's a sense of like he can't take his problems to Izzy, you know, because she's mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. younger sister. He's supposed to be the one that has it all together. So, and I can see because Alec is very much the kind that like silently suffers all the weights on his back. He's not gonna, you know, let anyone else, he's going to take the responsibility, do whatever he needs to do, whether that's in the field where he takes a a support position in order to like Uh cover Jace's ass and Izzy's ass or whatever. He's like the guy that's where he needs to be to help everybody else. And I don't think he doesn't have a very good support system. And now Jace is gone. So it's not like he can talk Mm -hmm. to Jace about it. And his parents are, they're worth fuck all, you know? 
Yep. Mm-hmm. He's looking at this as like, oh, maybe this is, you know, someone wise who can give me information. But I just don't understand why. Like, you're not stupid, Alec. What are we doing? She's uh, just desperate. Yeah. Desperation. Yeah. You do stupid things when you're young and in love. That's the yep. only thing I can, Ugh. you know. Amen. Do. So he's lamenting about how he doesn't like to open up. Magnus knows this about him. So he would think in his brain, like, Magnus would appreciate the fact that I'm opening up to him because he knows how difficult it is for me. And Camille cuts him off from explaining how he feels. And she's like, you know what? That's another thing. You don't need these fuckers anymore. No wonder Magnus doesn't want to open up to you. You're, like, totally obsessed with these other people. You only need each other from now on. And, like, you should just meet each other's every desire. And then Camille, like, snaps him back to attention. And she's like, are you listening? Because my advice is precious and not given often. So pay attention. You're getting schooled. And then we kind of fade to black on them. That's, like, the end of their conversation. Mm. Weird. It's very, oof. Anyway. We're moved into an italicized Clary POV. Mm. Dream time. Writing is italicized. I obviously didn't know that when I was listening to it because I didn't have Mm -hmm. it in front of me. But it was obviously easy to guess after a minute. Anyway, she's waking up (laughs) and looking at a sleeping Jace. She's checking out his body and she's like noting his birthmark and all his scars from like old runes. She's wondering if anyone but her find them attractive since you know (laughs) she loves them and they're all a part of him and his story and some of those scars you guys they even saved his life and the answer (laughs) is yes bitch women are super into your man and you know that because you're insecure but please please go on in your main character energy inner monologue in your dream you're even seriously annoying and pick me in your dream. You <laughs> pick yourself in your dream. I love. Go on with your bad self. I love how there. How is there even a question of when? Um, sorry, I thought it went away. Shit, shit, shit. No, okay. When has there ever been a question of like? Oh, do do his scars make him? Uh, wh- what? What? Yeah, like shadow hunter women are into that. Mm-hmm. So yes, it's like a normal Woman, part yes. of of life. Well, also, but also in the Monday world, who who cares about scars from the neck, to, like the torso area? Are you kidding me? Like, because mm-hmm. I'm thinking in my head of like she's looking at like his like his torso. And, like, he's, like, covered uh-huh. and whatever. When has that ever been, like, a downside? It's it's always an upside. It's always sexy. Yes. Right? Like. Uh-huh. Come on. I can't imagine thinking, like, would anyone even like my husband? That's just weird. It's just weird. Right. Like, weird. and over that physique of those muscles, like, it, uh-huh. he, he could Come have on, anything. Yeah. Like, he could have silly tattoos, and we would still fuck him. I mean, look at Pete Davidson. He <laughs> has so many muscles that they ripple when he's turning a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is ridiculous. 
well, god tier hot. Like, oh, yes. a couple of scars are gonna ruin him. Like, what? I'm so Loser. special and unique. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm salty because I'm jealous because I've got that guy from Happy Gilmore that heckles Shooter McGavin living in my mind rent free. I don't even know. I don't. I you can't. suck. <laughs> with the with the hat. Yeah, he's got the blossom hat on. Yeah. You suck. So that's what's always in my head when I think about myself. Just somebody in the back. Awesome. Heckling. You suck. Anyway. Uh. Jace moves on to his back. So he was like on his side. He moved on to his back. Revealing the Lilith rune that Clary is like, okay. Well, I guess I don't like that piece of him. Mm. That's a rune I'm not into. (laughs) And then she moves up the bed. Literally in the text says up the bed because lest we forget, she is tiny, delicate flower Mm -hmm. and he is very tall at six foot even and takes out the Herondale dagger that is like it's used as a thumbtack for a picture of her and Jace. So when she pulls it out, the picture looses from the wall, lands face down. Then she looks at Jace and thinks about how alive he looks and so then she lifts the dagger like she's gonna stabby mcstabris and him and then she wakes up because this is clearly a dream right because mm-hmm. why would anyone ever use a dagger as a thumbtack when they like things clean that wouldn't happen listen if he was a pirate and it was a <laughs> treasure map yes <laughs> i could get on board with it that it seems stupid it really seems stupid <laughs> you're right but a picture, like you're gonna rip most of the picture. I don't like. Yes. I don't understand. I'm sorry. You have so much money, you can't buy a fucking thumbtack. Yeah, if, if my boyfriend is stabbing my picture, I've got questions. That's a good. Point. After he already tried to stab you. After he successfully yes. stabbed you. Yes. That's fair. That's fair. Get <laughs> up the ante here. Okay, so she she starts up. She wakes up. She's like, <gasps> that made me cough. Sorry. Her heart is pounding, and apparently Jace's hot breath is on her neck, which is fucking barf. So she gets out of bed and goes over to the door and swings it open. Sidebar, like, where are you headed? Are you going to the bathroom? Are you going to your room? You're just going to go pace around the house? Right. I don't know. She's creeped out. She's walking. And she freezes because the scene in front of her is like a Rob Zombie movie. And, okay, maybe it's not that bad, but it's definitely creepy. And I shall read it for you now. Quotes, my goats. Though there were no windows in the hallway outside, it was lit by pendant chandeliers. Puddles of something that looked sticky and dark marred the floor. Along one white-painted wall was the clear mark of a bloody handprint. Blood splattered the wall at intervals leading to the stairs, where there was a single, long, dark smear. Clary looked towards Sebastian's room. It was quiet, the door shut, no light showing beneath it. She thought of the blonde girl in the spangled top looking up at him. She looked at the bloody handprint again. It was like a message, a hand thrust out, saying, stop. Mm. No, thank you. That is terrifying. It is terrifying. It's, yes. Couldn't have said that better myself. And of course, 
in the nick of plot, right on cue, Sebastian's door opens, and he's. She looked at him. Sorry, I keep <laughs> quoting the Weird Al stuck in the drive-through song because it's in my head, and he looks like he's genuinely surprised to see Clary standing there, but he like kind of like recovers pretty quickly and asks her what she's doing and clary's like what am i doing what the fuck are you doing dude (laughs) right yeah and sebastian says he's headed downstairs to get some towels to clean up the mess because you know vampires and their games and clary is freaking the fuck out as she should be uh, and says that the hallway doesn't look like the aftermath from a game and she wants to know where the human girl from last night is. Where is she? Mm. <sighs> My brain needs to reset because Sebastian's response is so fucking vile and disgusting. Okay? It is really gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says that the girl got frightened from the fangs, as humans do usually. But she eventually came around and even wanted more. Gross. Is so gross. And if Clary's so worried about her, he can go look, she can go look into his room because she's there, perfectly alive, sleeping in his bed. Go look in my bedroom. In my creepy bedroom. Mm-hmm. And Clary axes the idea right away. And then, of course, she feels very exposed in her, like, little nightgown after the creepy 60 minutes predator response that Sebastian just gave. For sure. Yeah. And she... Yeah, like it was very Dateline. <laughs> very Dateline. And so she asks him, like, what about you? That's what she says, like, literally. And Sebastian is like, oh, are you asking me if I'm all right? And Clary's internal monologue was like, no, that's not what I meant. But he seems happy that I'm asking and I'm trying to, like, recon here, as Kristen would say. So I'll just go with it. But as a reader, I'm like, what else did you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, what were you trying to say? I'm confused. Uh-huh. You said that wrong. Anyway. He points to the fang wounds on his neck, saying that he could use an Arazzi. Like, yeah, I'm all right, but I could use an Arazzi. No. And then tells his sister to follow him down the glass staircase. And I want to know what in the Eiffel Tower theme department is going on here. Mm-mm. Vitae Dude, was, was out of pocket, <laughs> off the rails when he designed this yeah. place. Right? The early 90s. Yes. That's like the Eiffel Awful. Tower themed minimalist. Yes. Just yes. the red shoes. Yes. In the picture. Yes. Everything else is black and white. Yes. The siblings. And I'm saying that on purpose, so you can just, I'm going to keep reminding you, <laughs> end in the kitchen. Sebi offers wine, but eventually, like when Clary declines, he pours two glasses of mineral water. It's fucking gross. And Clary thinks about how his movements looked like their mom. But the control he had was all V-Tang. He moved like Jace, so we can be reminded that he's just like Jace. And... Sebastian downs the water and like smacks it on the counter saying that fooling around with vampires makes you thirsty but he's sure that Clary knows that like I'm sure you know like you get it the girls that get it get it, get it. <laughs> and she's confused Ew. like why would you even say that fucking goosebumps he... it's so gross you guys it's so gross <laughs> <laughs> 
And um, he's like, well, I assumed that you like to play biting games with the daylighter. Weird. Yes. Why the would awkward anyone silence. want to play games with him? He looks like he cheats. Okay, but I also have a question. Do you think that... Okay, so daylighters are not completely unique to Simon, right? There have been daylighters before. It's just they keep it quiet mm-hmm. because of the implications, right? Well, and there's uh-huh. there's not a bunch of people with angel blood running around, right? Right. Unfortunately, and it's because been a while of V-Tang, since there's been a daylighter. There were a few, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I wonder if Sebastian assumes that Clary is the one that saved Simon and made him a daylighter and not Jace. Hmm. Yeah, I bet so. Interesting. Unless he somehow has access to Jace's memory. That's true. Because we don't right. know how the brain thing goes. We don't know how that uh-huh. works. But yeah, maybe. Well, and they did date. And maybe he That's somehow knows that. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they talked okay, about it now- when they were on that horse scene one time. Uh-huh. Am I confusing the TV show with the book? I don't know. Mm-hmm. About them dating. Clary and Simon, they dated. Who? Okay, so it's all coming back yeah. to me. Yeah, we were talking about this quiz thing. That's why I, I get a fifty percent, fifty percent. Okay, Clary corrects him. She's like, his name is Simon. His mm-hmm. name is Robert Paulson. We'll never mm-hmm. not say that joke in death. And no, they never played biting games because that's gross. And who, like, why would anyone want to let a vampire feed on them? Besides, isn't hating downwarders like your shtick? Mm-hmm. I feel like, like, isn't that your thing? And Simon tells her not to lump him in with V-Tang. It's not his fault that he looks just like him and that Clary looks just like her. And Clary notices how his lips curls in distaste at the thought of Jocelyn. So she, like, scowls at him in response. And Sebastian is like, there it is. You're always looking at me like that There's that bitchy look. (laughs) I, (laughs) you're always looking at me like that. Quote, (laughs) like I burn down animal shelters for fun and light my cigarettes with orphans. I mean, if the shoe thing to say. Yeah. But also, like. Come on. The way Sebastian behaves is like an abusive spouse. And I and I wonder if the yes. reason, you know, because the plot of this story tries to kind of convince us that he's born bad, right? That he's he was mm-hmm. unredeemable based on the demon blood. Like, he was just a lost cause. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's George Thorogood. Right, but it makes me, it makes me wonder... If Valentine's influence, you know, obviously we know he kept him and Jace separate. We know that Valentine was abusive. The difference is, is Jace got to see other people. Sebastian never got to see Mm -hmm. anyone but Valentine. Right. And the way Uh he behaves towards Clary is very much the same way an abusive head of house would behave. Right. Regardless Mm -hmm. of whether it's the husband, the brother, whatever it is, the way he's behaving towards her 
is very much like I'm the man of the house and I'm responsible. Like you're you're my property because you're my sister. But I also think Ugh. Sebastian is is gross and doesn't mind that she's his sister. And I, yes. yeah, I think both of those yeah. things. Both of those yeah. things can be true. <laughs> but I don't know. It was just, it's just interesting. Like the way the the way he says like. Oh, there's that look again. Like, I've already told you that I don't like this and this is something that's a problem for me and now I'm going to address it immediately and blame you for it. And, like, just that cycle of... Yeah, don't... You describing it that way makes it worse somehow for me and I (gasps) see it so much more clearly now. Yes. me the (laughs) heebie-jeebies. Well, Clary doesn't entertain his woe-was-me attitude. Reminding him, lest we all forget, you murdered a child. Mm -hmm. You did that. right? (laughs) And like in the back of her mind, as that's coming out of her mouth, she knows that the best thing for her and this whole trapped in a magical apartment townhouse situation is to just keep her mouth shut, play good, do the manipulating mind game thing like that, like. I got to be like all the evil characters. Like they're really good at that. I need to do that too. But like at the end of the day, it's Max we're talking about. Like Mm -hmm. I can't keep my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. And so she's thinking about the first time she met him at the Institute and then continues, like finishes her sentence telling Sebastian that killing a child is something that you can't be forgiven for ever. Never going to get it. Never, ever going to get it. And Sebastian is like, (laughs) I'm sorry that I did that uh, in that sentence. You know what? I'm going to start turning this and blaming on you when you say things that are also song lyrics. Yes. It'll be, it'll okay. now be your fault. Not my brain. My brain can't help it. It's your fault. No, it's true. <laughs> it's my entire personality. I awkwardly read the <clears throat> sign on the drink person's cart to them in a voice. <laughs> And they looked at me weird. So I was like, I like to read things. What? What? No. Why did I not, say that's, that? That's, that's not what she said. No, no, no. She said, I like to awkwardly read signs. Okay. It's even worse. So much more clarification, but it's so much worse. <laughs> yes. And the lady had no idea what to say. So I just ordered a drink. <laughs> That's why I got drunk. (laughs) It was for Robin's sake. (laughs) To save face. (laughs) The way it sounded, though, the way it sounded is you're like, Robin said something stupid, so I decided to drink. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You would be drunk literally all the time. (laughs) No, it was misdirection. Jesus. Take the wheel. He's not going to help you. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Okay. Sebastian is offended at Clary's response. And he's like, okay, so that's it. Nail in the coffin. I'm done. Like, I don't get any rebuttal. No right to a trial judged upon by my peers. (laughs) What if I told you it was an accident? I wasn't trying to kill him. I just wanted to knock him out, and I misjudged my own strength. Like, I just wanted to, like, I knocked his sister out, figured two Lightwoods 
one punch. <laughs> and Clary has a look of hatred on her face the entire time he's talking and responds to his questions by asking him, like, okay, what about the real Sebastian? The real Slim Shady. And Sebastian, like, he's so good at just being a manipulative a-hole that he looks okay. down at his hands with a forlorn face and clearly like while he does that she's paying more attention to a silver chain with like a flat metal piece that's around his wrist like a little bracelet <laughs> hiding the scar from where izzy like whacked his hand off with a, a medical yeah. id bracelet <laughs> that's what it is like it that's what they say it looks like a medical id bracelet and he answers her question about sebastian by saying that he wasn't supposed to fight back and I think he's looking at his hands like, what have these hands done? Like, that's supposed to be the thing. Right. And Clary is disgusted by the conversation. She's like, you know what? You're a lying liar who lies, as my friend Kristen would say. I am done with this conversation. This is in her brain. I'm, well, okay, it's what I'm interpreting as in her mm-hmm. brain. And so she gets up to leave, but he grabs her wrist. No. Telling her that Jonathan Morgenstern killed Max. What if he's not the same person anymore? Doesn't she notice that he doesn't even want to go by that name? And then he has this argument for her to mull over. <clears throat> Unless I read it to you. You believe that Jace is different, Sebastian said quietly. You believe he isn't the same person, that my blood changed him, don't you? She nodded without speaking. Then why is it so hard to believe that it might go the other way? Maybe his blood changed me. Maybe I'm not the same person I was. Mm -hmm. Clary responds again by asking about another person who he tried to kill or killed. (laughs) And this time it's Luke. And and she makes sure to note that Luke is someone that she loved and cared about. Like when you just tried to hurt Luke. And he parries her question by reminding her that Luke was about to shoot him with a shotgun. Well, he was actively trying to murder me. Which and Clary may love Luke. I mean, it's kind. It's kind it's of a fair, fair, fair enough. Ever. Yeah, right. I mean, you did break into you his home in the middle of the night. <laughs> right. Try to kidnap his daughter yeah. and whatever. Yeah. But and so he says, like, you may love Luke, but I was protecting my life and Jace's. So, like, if Luke would have shot me, it would have shot Jace. How do you like them apples? Mm-hmm. Applesauce, bitch. Anyway, the intent is there. He's saying all the right words. Like, I feel like he'd usually, like, it's trickling, it's funneling down into what he wants for his, like, manipulation station. He thinks he's getting there. But Clary is keeping her head on her shoulders, telling him that, like, you're just saying all the right words to try to get me to trust mm-hmm. you. And this slimy motherfucker has a response to everything. <clears throat> And he's to that, he says, well, would the old Jonathan have cared if I had your trust or not? I'm like, bro, you just like your mind works quick. Mm-hmm. And Clary's like, yeah, the old Jonathan, what if he wanted something from me? Mm-hmm. And his response to that is that all he wants is a sister. Mm. All he wants is a sissy. And Clary's like, yeah, you know what? You don't know what a family is or, like, what to do with a sister if you even had one. I'd be so afraid to be saying these things to him. I know. She's pushing his buttons 
and mm-hmm. I love it. I just feel like I would go like so hard in the other direction. Uh huh. Like you know what I mean? I I, I would be like yeah. you, you know, I'd make up some shit about my mom and Luke, and be like, "You're the only family I have." You, you know what I mean? Like yes. I would play so hard into it. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I don't know. She's she's doesn't know the game. No. Yeah. Yep. She doesn't. So he's like, I do have a sister and I'm trying to give you a chance to see what Jason and I are doing is right. You should give me that chance. And she thinks about how she saw, like she's comparing pre-zombie return from life, Resident Evil, I don't know, Sebastian to... The before Sebastian. And she's like, okay, well, the support, the before Sebastian had a range of emotions that he used to manipulate people. And like, he wasn't like a robot. He did all these things. But I did, like, it is true. I never saw him like plead or like whatever, how he is now. This is a new emotion for him from my two days that I mm-hmm. knew him. I don't right. Know what the fuck ever. But it's not enough time to be concerned. And his argument continues. By saying he's like, the, the pretense is kind of faded here. Like the mask is slipping off of his face a little bit. And he's like, look, he says that Jace trusts Clary. And he thinks like Jace, the he and this is Jace. Jace thinks that she's willing to throw everything away, including all her values and morals and her old beliefs to be with him because of like love. Love conquers all. Clary's going to do all this and throw all this stuff away just to be with me. <clears throat> But Sebastian knows better than that. And he doesn't trust Clary to, like, walk away from everything. Like, I don't trust Clary to do that. And you know why I don't trust you? Because you're my sister. Mm. And that's something I would do. We're related. You're smarter than that. I don't trust you. And Clary responds, of course, she's like, we're nothing alike. And he's like, ha, gotcha, bitch. I would have said the same thing. Mm. <laughs> besides like you're already here anyway you've thrown your fortune and your future in with jace you might as well commit to some lightly breaded treason and then make up your mind about me later okay <laughs> and clary notices this bracelet again and asks him what the engraving means and he says it translate to translates to thus always to tyrants which is what the Romans who like MDK'd Caesar were chanting back in the day. And Clary calls them traitors. But Sebastian says they could also be classified like as freedom fighters. But history gets written by the winners. So, you know. And she's like, let me guess. You intend to write this part. And he's like, heck yes, I do. (laughs) And that's how the chapter ends. And, like, I feel, okay, so I wrote this in here because I really wanted to talk about it. And I think that we have talked about it a lot anyway. But um, I just want a moment with Sebastian. And, like, he is evil. We all love to hate him. But the way he's written and his character development and the way his mind works Mm -hmm. is very entertaining to read. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Agreed. He is, like, an interesting villain. He has layers. He's complex. Uh Yes. Yeah, he's definitely like an ogre. Well, and he... (laughs) 
Uh, like a parfait, right? Everybody yeah. loves parfaits. Everybody loves Any- parfaits. <clears throat> anyway, it's just... What am I trying to say? Like, I like it when he's on the page. Yeah. And he's mm-hmm. very good at changing his personality to fit whoever he's talking to. So it's like he's... Oh, you kind of always never know what he's going to say. Yeah. What is yeah, he going to think of Yeah, he's an emotional next? chameleon. What is he going to do? <laughs> very compelling <laughs> character. Yeah. And, like, V-Tang had some good monologues, but he was very much, like, wore his evil, dastardly doings on his yeah. He was very like, one note. You knew, uh-huh. yes, you knew what his responses were going to be. It was very, like, whatever. Sebastian, you just don't know where he's going to come from and how creepy he's going to get. Well, and because V-Tang True. was, his evil was all based in cold logic, right? It was, he had ideals. He thought that this is the right way. This is the world. This is what we're doing. I'm saving my family, blah, blah, blah. You know, his only quote unquote weakness was his love for Jocelyn, right? But Mm -hmm. Sebastian is so much more emotional as a character. He's a much more emotionally driven character. He's not driven by his ideology or anything like that. It's all emotions. It's all mommy issues. My mommy abandoned me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Daddy abused me. I want to burn the world for it. Yeah. My, my sister yep. rejected me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to burn the world for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is just yep. so much more entertaining because he's just so unpredictable. It really is. Yes. Oh, I'm glad we agree on that. I love it. Yes. And yes, make sure that you read chapter 12, The Stuff of Heaven, for next week's episode. Mm-hmm. You guys, I just have to note next week's episode is even longer than this one. Holy shit. Or chapter mm-hmm. at least. Holy shit. So, yeah. Okay. It's going to be a long All right, one. guys, for behind the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> for behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworld or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.